Okay, guys, welcome to The Dad Presents. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, in just a few minutes, we're going to have on Dr. Robert Epstein, Harvard PhD for psychology, and maybe the world's biggest expert on what's going on in the world these days with these tech companies and the way they repress speech and control the narrative to benefit themselves. Um, if you've seen him recently, even though he's a liberal, it was probably on Tucker Carlson because really, that's about the last show in America where you can go and speak truth to power these days. Um, he's, he's a fascinating guy. You're going to love hearing from him. He'll be on in about five minutes or so. But first, I just quickly want to chat to you guys about these lockdowns and the next round of it because it, it has me disgusted. We're, we're now in like month eight or nine of governors and mayors and, and other plutocrats telling us what to do, where we can go. And yet, despite all of this, the COVID situation is pretty much the same. Nothing they've done has done one bit of good as far as I can see and as far as the evidence and the science shows. We got a bunch of hypocrites here in California. Mayor Garcetti, he threatened to turn off citizens' power if they had too many people in their homes. Then, just weeks later, when Black Lives Matter basically had their own Lollapalooza downtown, he was there with them, maskless, hugging and embracing other maskless people. Now, that's, that's not to say anything bad about Black Lives Matter. That's to say he's a fucking hypocrite. Our governor, Lord Newsom of Sacramento, he encouraged citizens to tattletale on one another if anyone broke his mandatory Thanksgiving rules. You know, these, these great, clever, important rules like you got to eat outside. And if you have a tent outside, it has to be open on three sides. And if you serve mashed potatoes, only one person can touch the serving spoon. And if grandma has to poo, she can go inside and poo by herself, but she can only stay in for a limited amount of time. And then you need to sanitize the entire bathroom after. After all these ridiculous rules, and there were like a dozen of them, he was caught out to eat, no mask, with the public health officials who helped him lay down these rules. He got caught, and then he lied about it and said it was outdoors, but it wasn't. Then you got our senator, or our, our representative, fancy Nancy Pelosi, pointing her finger at you and telling you that if you don't wear a mask, you're murdering people and that we should probably have a mandatory mask law. Then, not five minutes after shutting down hair salons, she's caught in a hair salon without a mask, getting her hair done for her beautiful 125-year-old walking corpse. So instead of accepting responsibility for breaking her own rules, she blames the establishment. Friggin' typical. Then just a few days ago, L.A. decided to shut down all indoor and outdoor dining, essentially commanding these places to death. I mean, they, they've barely been hanging on, and people have just started going back, and now they're like, nope, sorry, you're out of business. And then merely just hours after this ruling came down, we got Princess Sheila Kuhl. I think, I think that's how you say her name, K-U-E-H-L. One of our rulers here, someone on the board, who voted to shut, shut all these restaurants down, and then three hours later, she's caught in Santa Monica having dinner. And, and you know, her excuse is, well, she felt bad about it, so she wanted, to, she wanted to help the restaurant. Well, if you want to help the restaurant, don't shut them down. How about that, Sheila? What a gem. And, and, and this kind of hypocrisy is not just here in California. It's all over the country. These hypocrites and liars of the ruling class are exhibiting this behavior everywhere. The mayor of Denver told people to stay home for the holidays. Then he gets busted getting on American Airlines to fly and see his family. 
Then you got Governor, uh, greasy Governor, I'll break your legs Cuomo telling people they shouldn't see their family if they really love them during the holidays. But then we find out he has plans to see his own family. That freaking swamp creature in Chicago shut down hair salons. And then she went out and got her hair cut in a salon after shutting them down, putting thousands of people out of work. And then her excuse for, for going out and getting her hair cut is, well, I'm the mayor and I need to be pretty, essentially, is what it boiled down to. I, I'm just fed up with these people and I'm done being nice and I'm done, I'm done talking about them with any degree degree of respect because they do not deserve respect they do not deserve our worshiping of them which is what they want there's only two possible explanations for for why all these people are breaking their own rules and neither of those explanations are acceptable either the the disease is not as dangerous as they say it is so they aren't afraid of it and the laws they make are unnecessary and they're just making them because they enjoy having power over us or they think they're above their own laws. It can only be one of those two things. You can't tell me this disease is literally going to kill you if you go out to eat. So we got to shut down all these restaurants for, for the good of the people, despite the fact that it's going to put thousands of people out of work, have repercussions on the economy for years and years and years to come, causing likely causing a repercussion a recession at least, probably a depression, which will certainly lead to poverty and death. You can't make the decision that we need to do that, yet not be afraid of it. If you're not afraid of it, it's probably not that dangerous, or at least not as dangerous as you're making it out to be. Now, look, I've worn a mask since day one, like before day one, since February. February. Nobody was talking about COVID in February. Matty boy here was wearing a mask. When I flew back to California from Pennsylvania after my mother's death in February, I wore a mask and so did my children and my wife. Why? Because I'm smart and I respect the pandemic. But I don't fucking wear a mask because Lord Newsom of Sacramento says I should. And I don't want to wear one outdoors or in my car or on the beach or in my home because I'm not a fucking stupid pussy, excuse my language. I pulled my kids out of school before they closed school in March. Early March, I pulled my kids out about a week before they closed it because I respect the pandemic. I respect the virus. I know what that can do. However, with, within just like two or three weeks of doing so, it became very clear that this disease was not much of a threat to my kids by all available measures, all available data, all available science. So tell me why then... These, these rulers refuse to follow the science. Why are my children's, why, why are my, is my children's learning still being retarded because of these politicians? Why? Follow the science. Follow the fucking science. I mean, I've had enough of it. I'm not following the rules. I've not followed them for a long time, but now I'm like loudly not following them. I'm encouraging other people not to follow them. Some, some local restaurants have been staying open. We're eating at them. If we don't fight back against these power-hungry tyrants, we will never get out from under their thumbs, and they will bankrupt all of us. So that was a little more ranty than I usually like to open with, but... But uh, 
I'm I'm just angry. I'm I'm angry at what they are doing to all of us. I'm angry at what I see happening to my friends. It's heartbreaking to me when I see friends' businesses go belly up. People who were healthy, respectable, contributing members of society now having to take government handouts. They don't want to take government handouts. That, and that's what the government does to you. They started doing it with, with welfare. They ruined the black communities with welfare. They ruined rural communities with welfare. They get you hooked on that government teat, and then you are their prisoner. You are their little bitch. And, and soon, we're all going to be their little bitch if we don't stand up against them united. It's going to take a united front because if it's just a few people standing up and saying, I've had enough, guess what? They'll arrest those people. But if it's all of us, they can't stop us. All right, guys, let's get into the show. Okay, listen, fellas, it's time to change your dirty old drawers. I mean, look, I know what you're packing because I used to be you. You're wearing underwear that your mama stuffed in your stocking back in 1999. Your underwear is dirty, crusty, stanky, and it's full of holes. It's old enough to get served liquor, and your lady resents you for it. So it's time to get some new underwear from our sponsor, sheathunderwear.com. Use the code word DAD for 20% off. Now these underwear, they're simply life-changing. They're made out of some kind of like magical moisture-wicking material that just sucks up all that peener sweat and keeps your guy so fresh and so clean. Just like Outcast wrapped about at the turn of the century. That's right, guys. Dre and Big Boy, they were rapping about sheath underwear, and that's a true fact. And that's the Dad Presents Today edition of VH1 Behind the Music. Additionally, guys, Robert Patton, he's the owner and, and inventor of sheath. He's an amazing guy. He supports this show. He supports the ideas of freedom and liberty. And there's just so many cowards out there in the world today. I'm glad to be sponsored by a true patriot, a, a, a true brave man who, who, who supports liberty against government tyranny. He's a former vet. He got the idea for sheath underwear while he was serving us in the Middle East because he was tired of always having swamp nuts. And honestly, who's not tired of swamp nuts? So, fellas, stop being losers with your raunchy, crusty underwear and get sexy. Get sexy like the dad and get sheath underwear at sheathunderwear.com. Code word dad, 20% off. Your lady will love you long time. Go get it, guys. Okay, fans. Uh, and now we have joining us Dr. Robert Epstein. Um, super excited to have you on, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, sure. Last week I had on Neil deGrasse Tyson, this week you, it's safe to say I'm out of my depths, but uh, I'm going to do the best I can. Um, you've been uh, keeping tabs on these tech companies and the way they manipulate us. You've been doing that for a few years now. Um, so can we start by having you explain to us exactly what you've been doing? Sure. Back in, uh, wow, 2012 now. So this is, we're almost at 2021. So this is a long time. Uh, I received a, a bunch of emails from Google saying my website had been hacked and that they were blocking access to it. And I thought to myself, why am I getting notifications from Google, who made them sheriff of the Internet? Uh, I also was curious about how they were blocking me because uh, I've been a programmer uh, almost my whole life. And 
there were some odd things that they were doing. They were blocking me not just through uh, Google products, uh, like through the Google search engine uh, or Chrome, which is their browser, but they were also blocking me through Safari, which is an Apple product, through Firefox, which is um, a browser built by a, a nonprofit organization. I, I just started to get curious about them. Before that, I never, you know, like most people, I never thought twice about uh, Google, just thought it was a cool search engine. Uh, but I started to look more carefully back then. And that year, I also noticed that people in marketing were starting to study search rankings <coughs> or, or rather search results, search rankings, you know, where you end up in search rankings. Because, of course, if you can push your company up a little higher, uh, that can make the difference between success or yeah. failure of your company. So uh, researchers were starting to look into that. and they were finding some interesting things. I mean, people really seem to trust what's higher in that list. Sure. And uh, I asked myself, if people trust what's higher in the list, could I use high ranking search results to change people's opinions about something, something yeah, they're undecided course. about? Or how about even to change their voting preferences, again, if they're undecided voters? And I ran an experiment in 2013 in which I, uh, I, sus I predicted that I could shift uh, voting preferences and opinions maybe by, by two or three percent. These were all undecided voters. First experiment, uh, we got a shift of 48 percent. I said, that's impossible. Wow. I uh, repeated the experiment with different people. And by the way, these weren't college sophomores. These were actually people across a wide age range and you know, mm -hmm. people kind of matching uh, you know, the U.S. voting population. Second time I uh, repeated the experiment, I got a shift of 63%. Can I, ask, how, what, yeah. can I ask what, what, what was the experiment? Like how, how are you getting this data? Um, Cause you can't, you can't sure. manipulate their searches. So how, how are you running the experiment? Excellent question. Uh, we built a, uh, a google.com uh, perfect simulator, which is uh, instead of you, instead of uh, uh, Google, we, we called it uh uh, Kadoodle, and uh, but we still use it in experiments. I mean, it's an actually perfect simulator. We used real search results. We used real web pages, but we had control mm -hmm. over the order of the search results. Okay. So if you're randomly assigned to one group, that means that order favors one candidate. Gotcha. Uh, meaning if you click up high in the list, you're going to get to a web page that's going to make that candidate look really good. Sure. So you were uh, acting as Google for the experiment subjects. And were, were they aware that they were part of an experiment? Oh, yes. But they had no idea about the random assignment. Okay. That's, uh, so they don't know which group they're in. And that's, that's the interesting thing. So when I say a 48% shift, that means I could shift people any way I wanted wow. in either direction by that much, basically creating a win margin uh, of 48% which is, a, of course, an enormous, you know, we don't, we don't get win margins that big in real elections. The uh, point is, I got obviously more and more interested, more curious, ran a big national study uh, toward the end of 2013, more than 2,000 people in all 50 states, uh, you know, just learning more and more about how this worked. And basically, over a period of years, uh, 
tens of thousands of participants in experiments in five national elections basically concluded that uh, if there is any kind of bias in search results, political bias, uh, that doesn't affect people with strong opinions, obviously, because uh, we pay attention to whatever supports our opinions. That's called confirmation bias. Right. But uh, it affects people who are vulnerable, who are undecided, who are uncommitted, and can produce easily shifts of 20% or more. Wow. Uh, and in some, demo some demographic groups, up to 80%. So, and wow. uh, so these are these are not guesses. You've run experiments. You've shifted opinions of undecided voters. So, I mean, doesn't that tell us that Google's the most power? Google's the most powerful company, most powerful force on the planet with with those kind most of powerful. Well, I go beyond that. I say it's the most powerful mind control machine ever, ever created. And of course, it's affecting not just Americans, it's affecting people around the world, about 3 billion people every single day, not just their votes, but their attitudes, their beliefs, uh, their purchases, everything. And the company knows this. That's, you know, when I started investigating this, I was just kind of making some guesses and then finding some amazing numbers. But in the last year and a half or so, uh, there have been so many leaks from the company. Now they've kind of locked everything down, but there were so many leaks, uh, so many people either quitting or getting fired. There were protests at the company, uh, leaks of videos, leaks of emails, amazing content in emails, and leaks of documents uh, showing that every single thing that I have discovered is real, that they're aware of these um these new kinds of influence in the company and that they use them strategically and deliberately uh, both to achieve their financial wow. goals and to achieve their political goals. Yeah. I mean, now when you look at something like coronavirus and the way messaging has been controlled and um, you look at companies like Google who have put up record profits, record stock prices during the lockdowns, they're controlling what information you read about COVID and you got a question then are their intentions pure and is any is any corporation's intentions pure like corporation their goal is their bottom line I work in a corporation you know that's that's really what it boils down to all 100% of the time is what is the bottom line so um that's terrifying and from your experience are people even aware of this well, people are generally not aware of it. And in fact, I'll tell you another finding from the experiments that's very disturbing. Uh, when we did our first big national study, we had so many people in the study that we could look at a small group of people who noticed the bias in search results. So the vast majority of people cannot see the bias. So in other words, they're being manipulated invisibly. Not only that, the search results aren't stored anywhere. You can't look back in time and see what people saw. So these are called ephemeral experiences and people within Google deliberately use ephemeral experiences to change people's you know, minds and, and change their behavior. Uh, but the point is we did have a small group of people who did notice the bias because uh, it was a big enough study. We had enough people. So there were a few who noticed the bias and guess mm -hmm. what? Their, their opinions and voting preferences shifted even farther in the direction of the bias. Hmm, that seems illogical. 
Well, uh, but but it's a very clear result and it's a very wow. big result. And it's, so, it's so even when they're aware of the bias, they still shift their opinions. No, they shift even farther. Yeah, they shift even farther in the direction of the bias. It's as wow. if they they see the bias and they say, "Aha! Well, this is an algorithm. I don't know what that is, but algorithms are, you know, they're they're run by computers. They're objective. They're impartial." Mm. Uh, this must be the best candidate. It's got to be the best candidate because the algorithm itself is preferring that candidate. Gotcha. So they're so, trusting so, the they're trusting the algorithm. Yeah. When they find out about it. They they trust it because it's computerized. It's logic. Exactly right. And we've yes. done experiments actually just looking at that issue, and there's no question about it. Uh, so the vast majority of these manipulations that we've studied because that was just the first one that one's called seam the search engine manipulation effect s-e-m-e -E. uh, but that was the first of about a dozen new forms of on online influence that i've discovered and that i've been studying in various experiments over the years and we're we're pinning them down we're understanding them one by one we're putting names on them we're putting numbers on them and the bottom line is just astonishing and because we knew going into the 2020 election for example uh, and i'm not a i'm not a conservative and i'm not a trump supporter but we knew that uh, google was uh, deliberately i mean because we know this from leaked videos they were going to make sure that trump did not get reelected, and we had calculated that they could shift over time about 15 million votes this year wow uh yeah, so we knew that they basically, Trump didn't have a chance. Uh, in other words, he, he was going to lose the popular vote by, uh, I was saying, uh, at least three to five million. And of course, now it's over six million. Uh, yeah. And he was going to lose in pretty much every single swing state, which is, in fact, what has That's happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. And, so. you know, but this is, uh, so the question, though, becomes, okay, we know they these companies have this kind of power. Facebook has power to shift opinions and votes. Twitter mm -hmm. has power. Google is, has, has the most power. They're the most dangerous company. But uh, what are they actually showing people, real people on real screens leading up to an election? So I started looking into that issue uh, in uh, 2016 and set up the, the world's first system for monitoring uh, what Google and other companies were showing people uh, in the weeks and months leading up to the 2016 presidential election. So, uh, again, no one had ever done this before. We set up a system kind of like the Nielsen uh, right. system for monitoring what, what kind of television shows people are watching. Uh, we set up a Nielsen type system uh, by recruiting, uh, we call them field agents, just like Nielsen recruits families, we recruited field agents. That first year, we recruited 95 field agents in 24 states, uh, and we preserved uh, election-related searches on their computers, about 13,000 searches, which otherwise would have been lost forever, because normally, again, these are ephemeral experiences. They're not stored anywhere. You can't go back in time and see mm -hmm. what kind of search results. So you're the first to, to capture these, so you have data to measure. And Absolutely. And what you find? And we found a very significant uh, uh, pro-liberal, no, it's pro-Hillary Clinton bias, and I was a Clinton supporter. Uh, in all 10 search positions on the first page of Google search results, hmm. but not on Bing or Yahoo. Now, Bing and Yahoo wow. 
they they don't have any impact on elections because hardly anyone uses, uses them. But that comparison is important because it tells yes. you that it's Google is actually doing something. And we calculated based on the experimental research, we calculated that if that level of bias had been present nationwide uh, for months leading up to the 2016 election, that would have shifted to Hillary Clinton among undecided voters between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes. Uh, and well, looks, if, as a matter, yeah, looks like they refined fact, it from last time to this time then, because they, they oh, got it down. Absolutely. So let me let me uh, let me that, ask this. Yeah. So sure. I, what you're saying about the searches, I know this to be true just from from anecdotal experience, because I, I searched something a few weeks ago, and I wanted to, I wanted to tell my wife about it, so I just told her what I searched, and I said pull up the first one, and she couldn't find it. She got a different. Google search than I got. So then we started sure. digging into it a little deeper at home on the couch, just typing things in, in and seeing what came up. We got completely different things. So they're clearly from your experiments, they're clearly manipulating the data. I'm glad you said you're not a Trump supporter because in today's crazy world, that gives you a little more credibility. Um, what I got to wonder is like these kind of things don't happen by accident or in a vacuum. Like Google clearly has some intent here why and i don't i don't believe that the google's just more liberal because they're empathetic to society or any of that crap what are they doing this for in your estimation i mean clearly you can't know for sure but why do you think they're manipulating people well first of all you can know for sure because of the leaks i mean one of the leaks was an 8 minute video called the selfish ledger uh selfish ledger. never was never meant to be seen outside the company and it's it's really really something to watch. And if you want, I can I can send you a link to yeah. a transcript I made of the films, which makes it easier to figure out you know what's going on. But that that film is about the uh, Google's ability to re-engineer humankind according to I swear to God it says company values. And what are they? So, well, <laughs> you know they're not going to announce what we don't. You know, we know their values. Re -engineer, they want to re-engineer society. In their own words, they said, we want to re-engineer society. They're, what the video says is we have that ability. That's, I mean, now, that's why, terrifying. That's that's 1984 Orwellian terrifying well, kind of stuff. 1984 multiplied by, yeah. you know, a, a, a gazillion or multiplied by a Google, which is a <laughs> one with a hundred zeros after it. That's what a Google, a Google actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we know from leaks now, you know, that they have financial goals, obviously, but they also have political goals, goals that have to do with their values. Now, they want, in other words, they think they know better than the average, uh, you know, Joe Schmo knows, and they think that they can create a better world, uh, and they've decided how that world should look. Now, I don't think very many people in the world would necessarily agree with their <laughs> their values because people have different values. Uh, but you know, and and I don't think that any private company should should have either the power uh, or the right to make changes like this in humanity uh, because they're very secretive. They don't really announce their agenda. They, we now know that they change their search algorithm at least 3,000 times a year. These are manual changes. We now know that they have blacklists. I first 
published a big investigative article about Google's blacklist back, back in 2016. That was in US News and World Report. I wrote about nine of their blacklists. I had never seen one, but I knew they existed. And in 2019, uh, one of the whistleblowers walks out of the company with 950 pages of documents, two of which were blacklists, actually called blacklists. I mean, talk about arrogance. So, you know, in this country, they definitely lean far left. I lean left myself. So, you know, I'm okay with that, I suppose, but I'm just not okay with a company, a private company. No, of course imposing not. its will on us uh, when it's not accountable to us. It's not accountable to us. It's highly right. Secretive. Right. And people, people, whether you agree with what they're doing or not, or you have the same politics of Google is not the point. Like power, I, power changes hands all the time. And you got to think about that. Like what happens when Google decides they don't agree with the things you agree with anymore. The precedent's already been set. They already have the power. Um, it's terrifying. So are these things that they're doing, first of all, are they are they legal? Is anyone uh, creating any legislature to fight back against this? And really, like, I, I hear these things. It scares me. And I, I try to get the message out by having people like you on the show. Other than that, like, what can average people do? Well, you just asked me about nine questions yes. <laughs> at once, but let me, even before I answer those questions, let me point out that there is another problem here. And that is that although in the United States, they definitely favor uh, Democrats. Uh, if you look in other countries, they do very different things country by country. They do whatever suits their purposes. So for example, in Cuba, which obviously is run by, uh, you know, extreme leftists uh, to this day, uh, they don't support the left. They support the right in Cuba, the conservatives. Uh, China, we know without any doubt that the Google has worked with the Chinese government to help um, surveil and track and control the Chinese population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to go country by country to figure out what they're doing, but they're not necessarily doing in other countries what they do here. So that's a big problem. Now, is there legislation? Is anyone trying to take them on? Um, and that's another issue. Well, uh, under Obama, in uh, beginning with his second term, uh, the investigations that were underway stopped. Obama stopped them his very, literally within the first couple of weeks that he, he took office. So he, he took office on for the second term on January 20th, 2013. By the end of January, you know, it was within 10 days, he had shut down the investigations of Google. Why? Did he say? It was right after a visit from by someone from Google. He never really said why. And there were no more investigations after that. And um, basically, Google, from that point on, took over Washington, D.C. By the end of Obama's second term, six federal agencies were being run by former Google executives, his chief technology officer, former Google executive, Hillary Clinton's chief technology officer, former Google executive, uh, 450 visits to the White House by Google representatives. That's about 10 times more than any other company. Now, under Trump, and I'm not a Trump supporter, but under Trump, they all got kicked out. Every single one of them. The last to go was the head of the U.S. Patent Office. 
and investigations started up by the Department of Justice, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, more recently the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, uh, a number of attorneys general, um, Bill Barr himself, who's the you know Attorney General of the U.S., have all started investigations, very aggressive ones, against Google and Facebook both. Uh, so all that has happened uh, under Trump, whom I don't support, but. Um, now that Biden has won, uh, I believe most away. of these, it's all going to go away. And, and the power that uh, Google has and the other tech companies, too, to some extent, is going to be dramatically increased. And of course, it's already obscene, the level of power that they have. But that's going to increase. Now, why? Well, because they support Democrats. Democrats are going to be in control. Uh, they support them with very big donations, for one thing, but they also shift votes to Democrats. And I think that a lot of these uh, members of Congress uh, are aware of that. They're aware of Google's power and they like it. I think there are a lot of people, including members of my family, who like it. They say, leave, leave Google alone. <laughs> They're very mad at me. And I say, no, you don't understand. They're not accountable to us. They can't have this kind of power. I, and they're not doing the same thing in every country either. I cannot understand any anybody out there who just blindly trusts some monolithic power like this. I I, I don't understand that mindset. Um, are are Americans? You know, look back in whenever it was 2011 when Edward Snowden came out, and let us know that our government was spying on us and storing data. Um, that that was pretty terrifying. That was a pretty big reveal. It didn't seem like people really even cared that much. And then instead of celebrating Edward Snowden as a hero, which he is, uh, he became a fugitive. And uh, are, are Americans, are they lazy? Are they indifferent? Are they uninformed? Like, in your opinion, why, why has the things you're talking about, which to me are the issue of our time, why is it not on the forefront of everybody's mind? Well, I've look. I have done. Uh, I ask slightly different questions that are related to what you just said. Okay, I, I I have done everything I could possibly do as one individual. I'm still studying new forms of manipulation right now. I'm studying YME, which is the YouTube manip manipulation effect. We have a perfect YouTube simulator now, and we're actually looking at the ability that YouTube has to shift opinions and votes. And it looks like it's even bigger. Than the search engine. I mean, it's a, it, it's very, very frightening because 70% of the videos now that people watch on YouTube around the world are suggested mm -hmm. by the up next algorithm yeah. on YouTube, which is part of Google. And that's a highly, highly, highly secret algorithm. And imagine the power that you have if 70% of the videos people watch, you're suggesting. Yeah. Look at the rabbit holes you can take people down, especially people who uh -huh. are undecided about something. So I'm continuing. I, I'm aware. I'm aware of that. And even I, I've watched the suggested videos and I know I already knew that. So. Well, but we're, but we're, we're quantifying it. We're pinning it down. We're really going to understand it very thoroughly. I'm continuing that work. Why aren't a hundred researchers doing this? Why am I the only researcher doing this? Then the monitoring systems, we built a bigger one in 2018. Uh, 
Uh, we had 160 field agents. Uh, uh, we preserved 47,000 searches and about 400,000 web pages. 2020, we went all out. We, we preserved more than 500,000 ephemeral experiences on Google, Bing, Yahoo, Yahoo, YouTube, and Facebook. So we're still analyzing that stuff, but we found extreme liberal bias in Google search results, not on Bing or Yahoo. And we also found a smoking gun, which is that for a number of days before the election, uh, Google was posting vote reminders on its home page but only to liberals. Hmm. In other words, conservatives were not getting vote reminders. Imagine what that kind of manipulation could do over a period of months. It's gonna determine who mails in a vote. It's gonna determine who registers to vote. I mean, that's an extremely blatant form of manipulation without monitoring. No one would ever know that it's going on. Why aren't there a hundred monitoring systems? Why am I the only one building monitoring systems? You see, so you're, you're, you're worried about the, let's say the passivity of the general population. I'm, I'm worried about the passivity of researchers, right? Of scholars, of scientists, of, in other words, it is so widespread, this either indifference, or people just taking money from Google, as a lot of yeah, my colleagues do. That's what that's what I was. Yeah. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Like I think some of sure. it is um, Google's in the pockets of a lot of researchers. We know that. And number two, I think there's fear about this because, like you, you said, blacklist. Uh, you see what happens to anyone who goes against the grain on on social media. They get they get banned or they get removed or or the algorithms repress. What they're putting out there, I think a lot of people, a lot of researchers, um, a lot of scientists, they're afraid. Well, you know, you have nailed it down, Matt. And, you know, I did listen to a couple of your shows before I agreed to be on your show. Oh, and I was very impressed with, with how clearly you think about uh, issues. And you've nailed it down because what there is, is is a carrot, a very big carrot and a very big stick. And Google controls both. The carrot is the money and the votes. And the, uh, you know, the search rankings, that's, that's mm -hmm. the carrot, because they, wow, if they like you, um, you know, you're, you're set. <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. And then the stick, and that's the fear of Google. That's where they can demote you. They can remove you. They can erase you. And do they ever do that? You bet they do. And that's why I wrote about those blacklists, because they do this every day. In fact, they not only demote and remove people and companies from their uh, their search results every day, they uh, Google blocks access to websites. What? Uh, yep, to millions of websites. Your website, my website, anyone's website, literally uh, Facebook's website, and Google can block access to websites and. There was a particular day, January 31st of the year 2009, where Google blocked access to the entire internet for about 40 minutes. Wow. Um, so what can, getting back to regular people, what can regular people do? Because I mean, th this is not something that you're gonna fix on your own. 
you need support. What can regular people do? Okay, I'm going to give you two links here for regular people. Okay, one is uh, about my sure. One is about my research, and it's where also people can uh, can support the research if they have the resources. Uh, but it has a lot of links to articles I've written, to videos, uh, and that is mygoogleresearch.com. So that's the first link. Yeah, so if okay. you want more information about what I do or they just want to get access to things I've written, um, you know, articles I've published, mygoogleresearch.com. Now, the other one, though, is I think should be a, a, of immediate interest to people who want to protect their privacy, want to protect their kids' privacy, uh, you know, who want to kind of take control uh, over this nightmare that we're now living in. And that one is my privacy tips. Dot com, myprivacytips.com, and that will take you to an article that I wrote, which begins as follows. Uh, I have not received a targeted ad on my laptop, computer, or my mobile phone since 2014. Wow. So you've been blacklisted. Well, the point is, no, I've taken control. I've, I've learned how to, how, to, uh, how to prevent companies from tracking me. If, oh, they, if they can't track you, then they can't send you targeted ads. Oh, you, so you've I have not gotten learned, targeted ad. I got you. Right, I have I not received you. targeted ads since 2014 uh, because I've learned how to use the internet a little bit differently, a little more safely than most. Now, most people just they just don't even think about such things. And my wife used to love the fact that she was everything she was getting was targeted toward her because she immediately saw where. Her, you know, the clothes she liked, where they were on sale, and all that. Uh, that's a terrible mistake because people don't realize that if if you are allowing these companies to track you, people don't understand what's actually happening with that information. Uh, I think one of the best articles I've ever written uh, is is uh, it's called more or less "Free Isn't Freedom." Mm-hmm. And it's about the fact that, you know, you're, you're getting these little free services every day. And in return, you're giving up more and more personal information about yourself. And soon there's an imbalance. These companies have a mountain of information about you. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about them. Yeah. And you're still just getting this tiny little trickle of free services. But what they have now is worth a fortune because yeah. they sell it. They monetize it. They build uh, models of us and our kids to predict our behavior. Um, and they share the information with other companies and with governments, not just our government, but with governments. And all of that is done, you know, uh, secretly. Yeah, I, I hate to keep using the same word and saying it's terrifying, but it really is. And talking about these targeted ads, what it, what it is there is it's convenient and, and people like convenience. Um, I noticed I was having a conversation. I don't know if this is coincidence, but I can't imagine it was. I was having a conversation with my wife about my forehead wrinkles. I'm 47 years old. And not 10 minutes later, I went on Instagram and there was an ad that I'd never seen before targeted for men for forehead wrinkles. And that woke me up a little bit. That was maybe like eight months ago. Could have been a coincidence. I don't know. Um, but that woke me up. So I said, not a coincidence. Yeah. So what I, I started researching it and then you hear about like they know 
where Google, they know where you are at all times because of your phone. They know where we That's are right. at all times. And now we're seeing that this is becoming a thing with COVID, the COVID tracing. Um, that's some um, Tom Cruise minority report stuff. And right. that when you give a corporation who is indifferent to your existence, the ability to know everything about you, everywhere you go, who you talk to, you are not a free person. America, we're, we're not free. We're already seeing our, our freedoms of speech being repressed. Um, people say, well, it's a private company. They can do what they want. And I guess so, but that doesn't change that it's very unhealthy and very bad for us. Is there any way to, to um, get away, to have a phone and go somewhere without them knowing? Like, is there any defense mechanisms we can take on our own? Well, I mean, I use a, I use an encrypted blackberry that runs through wow. a vpn in another country so i mean <laughs> you know wow. there are things you can do if you look at my privacytips.com you'll 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 see how to get started it's pretty simple stuff for the most part um you know i don't communicate with anyone uh who writes to me from a gmail account yeah i saw that when i when i emailed you yeah yeah uh you have to start there you you you, you have to uh, you must not use Gmail. You must not use Chrome. You must not use Android devices. That's all Google. But, you know, that's just three, three ways in which they monitor, but they're actually monitoring us now in more than 200 different ways, most of which people are unaware of. So, for example, a few years ago, they bought the Nest, a smart thermostat company. And the first thing they did was to put microphones into these smart thermostats. And the most recent, yeah. And the most recent versions of the Nest thermostat have cameras in them too. That's Google. Now they are in the process of buying um, Fitbit. And as soon as that finally that, that deal is settled, they will be, in fact, they probably already are capturing physiological data from millions of people 24 hours a day. Uh, you mentioned COVID. COVID has vastly increased the riches of these companies, the tech companies, they're making money off of COVID and they're collecting now massive amounts of health data on all of us, which they didn't have access to before because they're working with the government and with various uh, you know, HMOs around the country. So they're, they've also created uh, you know, apps inside of people's phones that measure how, how close you are to someone who um, you know, might have been exposed to COVID or has symptoms of COVID. The point is they're they're dramatically increasing their surveillance capabilities. That's happening all around us, and people just don't even they don't even know how extensive the surveillance is. Right. And when you talk about COVID and monitoring us, I can see a lot of people thinking, "Well, well, that seems like a good idea. Like, I want to know if I'm I'm close to somebody who had COVID and, and whatnot." And I I can see the argument for that, but you gotta you gotta pan out and think bigger about what these monitoring capabilities allow for uh you, ca you can't be so short-sighted and the lockdowns you know speaking on how much money they've made no country or no company has gotten gotten more wealthy than amazon during these lockdowns there's their stock prices are at record highs they're worth over a trillion dollars um they have begun banning books that don't that put out information that's different about COVID than what they agree with and not books that are full of 
wrong information, just books that don't go along with the message they want put out there. And you got to look at all of that as a person and realize that you're being manipulated. Um, and getting back to the elections, we started, you started on the elections. I, I also am not a Trump supporter, although I, I, I've grown to hate the Democrats in the past eight months, but I'm not a Trump supporter. <laughs> um, in this election, we, we've, we saw that, you know, you go to bed, it looks like Trump's going to win. You wake up, Biden's going to win. Uh, there were data dumps between like 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. that account for all of the, uh, all of the margin of victory in, in four states that gave him the victory. Now, I don't know what happened there. I'm not going to pretend to know. It might have been 100% legit. But what I find frustrating is you can't even get information on it. Like you search it, you don't get the information. Well, um, see, again, I like the way you think because what we've done here kind of almost in a very orderly way is we started talking about the ability these companies have to manipulate uh, opinions, beliefs, attitudes, purchases, votes. And then we shifted over to the ability these companies have to um, to track people to, you know, the extreme surveillance capabilities they have. Now we've shifted into the third area, which is censorship. They're all frightening. Uh, but yes, they have the ability to decide what 3 billion people around the world can see, can know, or cannot see and cannot know. And the problem with suppressing content, which in fact they do in a systematic way, the problem with suppressing content is People don't know what they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. So it's it's it is a a nightmarish form of manipulation because people have absolutely no idea. You know, the search engine itself. If you think about what it is, it's a it's a bias machine. It's a bias app because it does two things at first it filters information and it has to figure out okay you know you you just asked about what's the best dog food it's got to decide which web pages it's going to show you and which ones it's not going to show you that's filtering well that takes bias i mean there's mm -hmm. of course there's bias there i mean you you would probably filter it differently than i would of course um that takes bias and then it puts it into an order so it, it does filtering and ordering. And that order is very powerful, as we know from our experiments. And that's also involves bias. So there's the, the, the literally the search algorithm itself is a bias machine. It's built to be biased. We want it to be biased because we want it to show us what's best. And what's then we best. become very, very trusting of what it shows us. So we also have no idea what it's not showing us you know mm -hmm. unless unless you literally were an alex jones fan and now alex jones is jones has disappeared and that's been announced other than that you have no idea what you're not seeing and this is this is how unfortunately this is how a company like google literally has the power to re-engineer humanity and unfortunately they have which they said three they different to do which they said they have the ability to do. And there are definitely people at the company who, who want that to happen because, again, they think we're all stupid and they think that they know better. There's a whole book written on that subject, by the way, written by a friend of mine um, uh, that's, that's uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the book, unfortunately, but uh, 
I think it's called Move Fast and Break Things. I think actually that's the title of it. And um, it's about these the individuals in Silicon Valley who, who are, you know, run these companies and the kind of utopian thinking that they have. And they really do believe that they know better and that they're they're creating a better world. And, you know, that's why they they absolutely made sure that Trump would not win a reelection. Now, I didn't want Trump to win reelection, but I don't want that kind of decision making being made by a private company that's not accountable to us. Yep. People who desire power should not be trusted with power. That's that's kind of how I feel about about that. Like if you if you think you have some plans for some world utopia, you don't. Right. It's never been accomplished. Every attempt at it has ended in disaster. And this one seems like uh, Google actually has the tools, unlike every previous empire in the world, Google has the tools to make it happen or, or, or make their version of what they think that is happen. And we all need to wake up to that. I thank you for, for coming on the show and talking about this very important subject. Uh, one more time, uh, we're, we're running out of time. One more time, tell everybody where they can find out more about this stuff, find out more about you, how to support you, how to support the cause. First link would be mygoogleresearch.com. There you can get lots more information about the kind of work I do, about the monitoring systems. Uh, and you can also support my research. And we need lots of support. We're now, uh, we've now shipped it over to the Georgia runoffs. And so we now have uh, almost 300 field agents in Georgia. We hope to very soon have more than 500. When you say support, you mean you need money? We need, we're $200,000 short just where on do that. We, where do we send it? And you, well, you go to mygoogleresearch.com and there's, there. there's a link. There's a donation link, and there's also an address of people who want to mail money. And then the other uh, link is myprivacytips.com, uh, and that's for people who want to start to use the inter internet and, and use technology a little bit differently uh, to protect your privacy, which is extremely important. You must protect your privacy because you have absolutely no idea how extensive the surveillance is and how the information is being used or how it's going to be used in the future. So I would urge everyone go to myprivacytips.com to start that process of using technology a little bit differently so you protect your privacy and the privacy of your loved ones. All right. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, like to have you back in a, in a few months to hear how it went with, with Georgia. Um, I assume you're on, well, I don't assume you might not be. Are you on social? Can people follow you? Uh, I do. I am on Twitter, and uh, so people can look me up there. I, I I'm, I'm very uh, nervous about all social media because, of course, they're controlled by big tech companies, and mm -hmm. you know, of course, I have my reservations. But at the moment, I'm still on on Twitter, so I don't use uh, Facebook or any other social media. But I use Twitter as a way to just quickly get the word out to people, you know, interested in what I'm doing. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Sure. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Yes. Okay, team, exciting news. Your buddy Matt here has finally realized a lifelong dream of becoming a professional athlete at the tender age of 47. Uh, we have a new partner, Vessel Surfboards and Paddleboards, and they are sponsoring me as I begin a quest to paddleboard from here to Catalina and back 
next year during the Catalina race. I believe it's about 30 miles, but I got to check, you know, 30 miles, 40 miles, all the same. I'm going to get it done. And uh, that makes me a professional athlete getting paid to do a sport. So by technicality, I'm a professional athlete. And I'm very excited about that. Vessel surfboards and paddleboards are excellent. I've used a few different paddleboards, and this one is by far the best. My kids use their surfboards. They're excellent. So support our sponsor. Go out and try them. That's Vessel, V-E-S-L. All right, guys. 